Amen. It's so good that you are here with us today. And uh, I'm so thankful. I know that we have people listening in the parking lot, people listening on FM radio, and there's people watching the live broadcast that we put together uh, that is airing right now. It's not, we are not live, but there is a live broadcast happening right now uh, for those who are not able to come. Uh, I realize that there is a lot of uncertainty and unsurety. Uh, I will say if you're watching in the parking lot and you were worried about it being too crowded, we do have probably at least 10 more chairs. Uh, if you would like to join us, there is room for you, and there's plenty of space in between the chairs, so uh, you are welcome to join us inside if you would like. I just want to mention that uh, we are kind of, this is kind of an experiment. We're kind of seeing how things go this weekend. Uh, I know most of you had to sign up, all of you signed up for service. Um, for now, we're just doing that so that we don't have uh, 100 people trying to fill, you know, 50 spots. Um, and so last night we had a service. Uh, service, I'm telling you, service was, it was incredible last night. We left here, my family and I, we talked for about two hours just about uh, the good things of God, the presence of God. It felt like we had just, uh, we had just left a little bit of heaven. Just, I mean, it was, it was that powerful. It was good to be able to be together. And uh, I'm not exaggerating. You're going to, if you haven't already started feeling that before you leave here today, when you get in your car, you're going to be like, man, wow. Uh, you know, and, and I'm not knocking online service. We've got to have both. But there is no substitute for being in person, amen, and being in the presence of God. And we are so thankful, amen, to be able to come together today. And our online content is not going to go away. Uh, most of you know we were online before this started. We will be online after this is over. Uh, but we are uh, just excited to be able to be in person. How many of you, you, you feel comfortable? You don't feel too cramped, do you? feel all right, plenty of room. Uh, we've tried to measure six feet. If you need to move chairs to uh, accommodate your family, uh, you'll notice we even tried to accommodate. We tried to be socially distanced up here. Uh, most, not everybody, but almost everybody uh, that was singing is family of some sort. Uh, so we can stand a little bit closer together. I can stand pretty close to my wife because she breathes in my face every day. So I'm not worried at all about but I'm so glad that you're here, and uh, what a great time, amen. So far, I feel the presence of God, and uh, it's so good to see uh, so many of you. And uh, it's, I know we already mentioned it, but Carson Wyatt's in service for the first time. We're glad baby Carson is with us today. And the next time you see him, he'll be walking around here, because he's growing like a weed. It's so awesome, so awesome. Amen. And it's good to see all of you. It's good. We have we have a few guests that uh, this is their first time with us in person and so good to have them today. I also want to mention uh, that it is Brian and Selena's anniversary. Happy anniversary, Brian and Selena. We're so glad that you guys. Amen. Amen. And they have jumped right in. They they moved here from Florida and they have jumped right in. And what a what a pleasant uh, family to be around. If you haven't spent any time around the Larsons, man, get to know them. They're good people. Man, I'm going to let you be seated, and uh, I will read a scripture, and I'll let you stand in just a few moments, but I just want to kind of preface where we're going. In the last few weeks, if you've watched the online services, we have been talking about the shift that is taking place in the body of Christ. Uh, everything that has happened, really, in our world recently, 
as a church, we've got to focus. We've got to see what's going on, and we have to shift, right, to be in proper position. Thank you, Kendall. Kendall's with me. That's right. Hey, look, I, I, don't, I hope it doesn't distract you because it doesn't distract me. It's no problem for me. I'm happy. I'm glad we got babies in the house. I'm glad. Amen. <laughs> Baylor was here last night, and Baylor carried on the whole preaching. It was awesome. Amen. And I loved it. I was, Kathy was like, I wanted to go get him, but I couldn't. But it, it was so awesome. I, I just was so happy to hear voices, just to hear response. You know, when you preach, I'm used to hearing nothing. I'm like, you know, I'm back here saying, that's good preaching. And I'm like, and I'm preaching, that's good preaching. And I just got to encourage myself when I'm preaching to a camera. But to hear you respond today is awesome. But we have got to pre prepare ourselves, position ourselves as a church to be ready for the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. And I'm not saying that we haven't seen revival or that things have not been good or that God has not been moving, but we are really in unprecedented times, and we've got to prepare ourselves. So that's the shift that we're talking about. We're in position for change, for the change that needs to happen to the church, to the culture, to the people of God, and that we would become everything that God has intended for us to be. And there's a lot of noise right now. I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, but we're not sure who to believe. We're uncertain who to listen to when it comes to our, our health and our well-being. We've lost some great people during this time that they seem strong and healthy and full of life, and then there are other people that get this horrible virus, and, and you know they already had pre-existing conditions, and things were not looking good for them, and miraculously, they recover and they continue to be with us. I, I just I can't explain it. We're, we're uncertain who to trust about corona and what the actual numbers are and what they're not. We've per personally, uh, my family and, and our extended family, we have witnessed cases, and I'm not lying, I'm, I'm telling you firsthand knowledge. We have witnessed cases where people who have passed on from this life, after having been tested for COVID-19 and found negative for COVID-19, they died due to their heart malfunctioning, but the care facilities in Kentucky called it a COVID death so that they could obtain more financing. So we're not really sure who, can, who we can rely upon for accuracy. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here. I'm just telling you what we know. Every one of the most, uh, you know, uh, prominent people, all these experts, they, they all have their, their thoughts and their opinions. And for the past three months, one of the most prominent people, Dr. Fauci, seems to have even several contradictions on his record. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. <laughs> Corona won't be that big of a deal. Now it might be around for months and months. We just don't know. There are so many uncertainties and even the experts are not certain about what to expect. We're uncertain who is giving the best advice on reopening and exactly how we should do that. And, and social distancing, we realize it's important, but we don't know on what level yet. And, and whether is it, is it best to stay away from corona or, or should we be somewhat exposed to it just to build up antibodies for it? Everybody's got a different opinion. We're uncertain. We're uncertain if the economy is going to be able to bounce back and if people will be able to make it financially. If you see me keep touching my nose, it's because when I wear the mask, the particles get on my nose and then it tickles my nose. And so even when I take the mask off, I don't have any sickness. I'm, I'm good. I just, that, that way if you see me, it's a particle and it's tickling my nose, all right? Just putting that out there, okay? 
But we're, we're really uncertain. Is the economy going to bounce back? Are people going to be able to make it financially? We're not sure if we're going to have a, another outbreak of corona, the second wave, or is there going to be another virus, or, or are we going to deal with murder hornets? I mean, we, we're just not sure, right? There's just so much coming at us. We're uncertain if the political parties that be are going to get us to where we need to be, who's right, who's wrong. There's so many issues to consider, and and there's some people that are good on some things and bad on others. We're just so uncertain about where we are because we've never been any place like this before. Um, maybe our grandparents or great-grandparents, maybe they faced some of this stuff, but we, we haven't faced it. We, we're not sure exactly how it's going to go. We're uncertain if the proposals that are coming out now are going to usher in the mark of the beast protocols for the Antichrist, like biometric tattoos, neural links, and embedded chips during mandatory vaccinations that could come by the end of the year. We're uncertain if we should just stay in the house and hope it all goes away, or step out into a different world and make a difference in the people that are around us. We're really uncertain how children and families are going to adjust to this new normal of school and home life, distance working and telemedicine and on and on and on and uh, so many things that they're this way in one state and this way in another. They're this way with one business, this way with another. We're just uncertain. So much uncertainty. So much has changed just in the space of the last three months. It almost doesn't even seem possible. It almost feels like we're living in another reality. I wake up some days and I'm thinking, is this for real? Are we still really dealing with this? There's so much uncertainty. And you might have woke up this morning and you weren't sure about things just like everybody else. But here's the thing. We're not just like everybody else. We have a lot of uncertainty in our world. We have a lot of uncertainty right now in our culture. Uh, but we are not just like everybody else. Yes, I know the saying, and if I keep hearing it, I'm going to lose my mind. We're all in this together. We are on a lot of different levels, but we, the people of God, we are not just like everybody else. We're just not. We're, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, but we're, we're, not, we're not like everybody else because we're not without hope. We have a certain word in an uncertain world. We have a certain word in an uncertain world. God woke me up with this a couple weeks ago, and I've, I've kind of been stewing on it now for the last few weeks. So if I preach it extra forcefully today, you'll understand. I'm just not used to people preaching back to me yet. And, and it's been working on me for a while. But let's read. If you would, let's stand together. Let's read one scripture, and I'll let you be seated. I just like to keep you, you know, exercise. You're not used to getting off the couch, so getting up and down is good for your health. We're, we're doing a lot of good here today. Man, some of you, you're like, man, I haven't walked that far in a long time. John chapter 1 and verse 14 says, and the word, somebody say the word. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Lord Jesus, help me to do a good job in this short amount of time that I'll have their attention span. And I pray, God, that you would speak through these words and through your word, God, to them, and they would receive a certain word in this place today. And God, we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. 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 God bless you. I, could, I should have made you do it again. You know, it's hard to hear through the mass, so sometimes you have to be extra loud. Some of you are like, amen, that's right. Preach it. Like we would never know because it's behind the mask. 
The Word of God is so much more than just mere communication through language. The Word is personal, the Word is interactive, and the Word is alive. We not only have the Bible or the Word of God, but we have the Word that was made flesh, that now lives inside of us by the Holy Ghost. We are not just like everyone else. I know, yeah, we're in this together, but we're not like everyone else. Amen. We have a certain word. In reference to the end times, Daniel says in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people, and this is talking about end times, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The people that know their God. In our day, in our time right now, we have so much uncertainty. There's so much information, but not all information is truth. And we see this in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4. And I don't claim to have the market cornered. I don't claim to have the market cornered on Corona. I don't claim to have the market cornered on the experts, on politics, on anything. But I do have a certain word. This is what Daniel says in Daniel 12 and verse 4. Shut up, they, he said to Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the, end of, uh, to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Doesn't that sound like the day and age we're living in? People were running to and fro, right? They're not running so much anymore. I mean... While everything's on lockdown, they're running in Florida, they're running in Georgia, they're running in Tennessee. And knowledge is increased, you know, there's a lot of things going on, knowledge is increased, but, but, but there's something that's still uh, missing, and I know that media is messing with your mind. The scripture says in the day before the flood came, right, they were doing what? They were buying, selling, building, planting, and they, were, they knew not, they were unaware of the impending judgment. And I, I can't help but think about what's going on in our world today. Amen. People are, you know, it's like everything's shut down, but you can go to Lowe's. People are buying, selling, building, and planting. <laughs> I was like, my goodness, you know. Like, if you want to have churches, go to Lowe's. We'll go to aisle number 15. Everybody meet there this week, you know. I, I don't know. I just think, I think that we are still in that time frame where the media is messing with our minds and we need to know our God like never before. We, we've got a certain word and we need to be in touch with that word, amen? We've got to be hearing that word. We've got to receive that word. We've got to embrace that word. Amen. The scripture tells us in Ephesians 1.13, we know that we have the spirit. We know that the word lives in us if... We have received his spirit in whom ye also trusted. After that, ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now, there are other denominations that will tell you that means you're once saved, always saved. That's a bunch of hogwash. <laughs> but I will tell you that if you have received the spirit of God, if you have received his spirit, you have a certain word. You don't have a certain word just for the day. You have a certain word for life. Amen. He's put his spirit on the inside of you. The psalmist said it in Psalm 56, uh, verse 4, In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. Now get this. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me or corona. Amen. I will not be afraid. I choose because I've got a certain word. I choose to not live in fear. 
Let me get back to it. There's so much uncertainty in our world. If you read Jeremiah chapter 7, and that could be your homework for this week, uh, since you are bored and you don't have anything else to do, uh, go to Jeremiah chapter 7 and discover Israel, right? God is talking to Israel, and he's telling them, you're listening to bad advice. You're listening to deceptive words. You're listening to uncertainty. And this applies to the church because we're spiritual Israel. So when God is telling Israel something, you can always find a correlation. And the correlation in our day, this is what he challenges them. He said in Jeremiah 7, 8, Behold, you are trusting in deceptive words to no avail. Boy, that, if that doesn't describe the majority of America right now, you are trusting in deceptive words to no avail. Do you know what is worse than not having information? Having misinformation but believing it to be true and rearranging your life because of it, spiritually, emotionally, and so on. That's, that's worse than not having any information. Some people say, well, I got I to watch the news. I got to see what the latest is. I got to know what's going on. And, and some people, you haven't turned the news off since this whole thing started. And you wonder why, come on, Kendall, you can come on. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. She wants to see pastor. You wonder why your mind is so, uh, just so messed up and, and, and things are just kind of out of sorts for you right now. You're, you're wondering why it is that, that things are, are so depressing you and you, you have anxiety. I can tell you because the media will mess with your mind. <laughs> I'm not trying to be, look, I'm, I'm not being political here in any way, shape, or form. I'm just telling you what the truth is because all of that is uncertainty. If you have watched, amen, from day to day, from week to week, what they projected here didn't ever come to pass. What they said, this was the model, this was what was going to happen, that never happened. So why, it's kind of like, you know, some, I've heard people complain about, well, the, you know, the, the meteorologist is never right. You know, like he says it's going to rain, then it doesn't rain. He says it's going to be sunny, and then it rains. And, you know, it's, it's even worse than that with corona stuff. And, and you, you watch people that are living in all this uncertainty and they, they've got all this misinformation. And I'm not saying that there's not some helpful stuff, but you, you really have to sift through a lot of garbage to get to the helpful stuff. So why would we focus so much on the uncertainty when we have a certain word? That's why this is so important for us. Ecclesiastes 8, 6, and 7. For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight. Now get this. Though a man's trouble is heavy upon him. Okay? That's where we are. If no one knows what will happen... Who can tell him when it will happen? I mean, doesn't that just sum up the news media right now? Nobody knows what's going to happen. How can they tell you when it's going to happen? Well, I know somebody who knows what's going to happen. I know somebody who knows the end from the beginning. He was the Word made flesh. Amen. I know somebody who's got the whole world in his hand. All of the earth is his. And the fullness there, there's nothing, amen, that he doesn't know, that he doesn't understand. He knows the end from the beginning. That's why it's so important for us today, because there's so much uncertainty outside of God. Right now, we need to lock on to a certain word. Amen, we have a certain word in an uncertain world. Look at your neighbor, tell him, say, you have a certain word. Amen, in an uncertain world. Isaiah 40, beginning at verse 28 in the New American Standard Bible. Do you not know? Have you not heard? These are rhetorical questions. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the heavens 
of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Come on. That's the God you serve. That's the certain word that you have. You're going to have strength. You're going to run and not be weary. You're going to walk and not faint. Hallelujah. And that is the shift that's taking place today. The people that know their God, they will be strong. They will do exploits because he will be strengthening them. He will empower them. He will enable them. Those who take hold of that certain word, this, this is the day. This is the time. Right now, everyone else is uncertain and letting uncertainty cause them to do things in panic and fear and with anxiety to do things that uncertain people do. But we have a certain word. We're not just like everybody else. We have a certain word. There are some things that we know and not just because the Bible tells us so. There are some things that we know. And you know what? We know these things because we have experienced them. We have experienced the truth of them in our lives. I, I, I've experienced these for myself, so I know that God loves me. You know that, right? How many of you know that God loves you? I mean, your Bible tells you so, but how many of you beyond just your Bible telling you so? Amen. I, I know that because in my life, when, when he's shown it to me, he's, he's exampled it for me, he's given it to me over and over when I didn't deserve it, when I wasn't worth it, yet still he loved me, he died for me. He forgave me, and he forgives me. He loves me, amen, into becoming the best version of me that I can be because I become more and more like him. I know, I know that. I know he loves me. Amen. There's some other things that we know. We know that God is real. It doesn't matter what hell tries to tell me. I know that God is real. Amen. The old song says, I know he's real for I feel him in my soul. Amen. I know that he's real. I know that God is real and he's in control of everything. And no matter what happens today, tomorrow, or the next day, God has allowed it. He's not surprised. He's not like, whoa, Corona, didn't see that coming. No, God knew it all along. Now, I'm not, I'm not jumping on the train that says God's punishing anybody or this is the uh, wrath of God. No, no, don't, don't, don't even lump me in with that. I, I'm just saying God knew it all along. God was not surprised by it. And no matter what happens tomorrow, amen, he knows it. And guess what? He can turn it around with just one word. Just one word, amen, on his authority. Just one word. He has all authority. He has all power in heaven and in earth. Amen. He said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. If he wants to stop it, he can stop it. If he wants to do something else, he can do something else. Why? Because he's got the power. He's in control. Amen. I've heard people talk about how we're going to control this virus, how we're going we're to handle this, we're going to do this. Can I tell you something? There, there's some things we don't have control over. Government doesn't have control over. The experts don't have any control. The scientists don't have any control over. Don't get me going. I've heard so many people say, well, we're just going to trust science on this. Why don't we trust science on creation? Because there's science that proves that Man and dinosaurs lived at the same time. Why don't, why don't we trust that? There's a lot. I mean, we just, you know, people just pick and choose what, what fits their narrative. 
so much uncertainty, but we have a certain word. We have a certain word, amen, because we know that God is in control and we know that he's coming back very soon, just like he said. There is nothing left to be fulfilled before he returns. We know that no matter how bad things get here on this earth, this is not our eternal destination. Look at your neighbor and say, this isn't it. Amen. I was studying this message and I was preparing. Man, I, I got something in my spirit. One of those old songs rose up in me and said, I'm going to a city, amen, where there'll be no more night. I'm going to a city where Jesus is the light. The trumpet's going to sound and I'll be caught away, amen. I'm going to a city someday and it won't be very long, Amen. It won't be very long. We know that if we're ready, if we're filled with his spirit, if we're baptized in Jesus' name and we're living a holy life, we will meet him when he returns. So no matter what I face here, no matter what you face here, this is not the end. We have a certain word. Amen. We have a certain word. And, and let me just go a little step further. We know that while we are here, he is still our Jehovah Rapha. He is still the Lord that heals Amen. We serve a God that has power to heal every sickness and every disease. And we've witnessed his healing up close, in personal. Amen. Right here in this building and all around the world, we've seen his healing hand. Does he heal everyone just like we think he will? Nope. But he can. Does he do it just like I think he's going to do it all the time? Absolutely not. But we don't have to understand it all. We just have to trust him. We, we just have to pray and we have to trust, trust that he knows what's best and pray for the healing to be released. But we know that he does have the power. We know that he is able because his word reminds us, pray for the sick and they shall recover. And I've watched way too many people recover than to say, God can't do it. God can do it. I've seen people they gave no hope to, walked in, the, walked in the hospital. I didn't even have hope for them, prayed for them. The next day they're getting out of the hospital. I'm telling you right now, God is a healer. If you haven't experienced it, you can experience it today we know this we've seen this we've, we've we've been up close and personal he knows God knows the number of my days he knows the end from the beginning he, he knows even the number of hairs on my head and on your head some of you it's easier to count but he he knows the number and he know when that when one falls out he knows that the number changed that's how much he knows about it. He said, he said if, I, if I see every sparrow that falls, if I can clothe the lilies, if I can clothe the field with the lilies, if I can do all that, if I'm able to, then, then don't you understand the God that we serve? Why wouldn't I trust his word? Why would I? I'm just going to say it. I said it last night. It's not in my notes. But why would I trust in politicians? And experts that are wrong on a daily basis when I have the word of God. When I have the word of God that has never failed, that has never messed up, amen? There's no mistakes in there. Why would I trust them? You know, if, if you miss Governor Bashir's daily briefings, you might miss a little something, but oh well. But if you miss your time with God... If you miss being in his word and hearing from him and talking to him, then you've missed out on a certain word. 
I, I can't guarantee you that, that the governor or the president or uh, any expert, I can't guarantee you that their word is not going to fail, but I can guarantee you that this word will never fail. I can promise you, amen, you don't get away from this word because this is a certain word. Amen. Amen. We know that Jehovah Jireh is still providing. Amen. How many of you know that Jehovah Jireh still provides? I'm going to stay on this just for a second. I didn't, this was not in the live. This was not last night. It's special just for you. Some of you think that Jehovah provides because you got a stimulus check. Jehovah provides many ways. And I'm not saying that it wasn't a blessing for you, but I, I, I'm not saying that you should depend on that or that you should think that that's the answer. Because trusting in the government, trusting in the president or Congress or Senate to write me a check, no, no, there's no guarantee. And can I tell you what? We're, we're going we're gonna to see some inflation because we're, we're, we're printing money we don't have. Wow, I did get political for a second. Hold on, let me get back on track here. I'm talking about Jehovah Jireh, God that provides. I'm not talking about government that provides. I'm talking about God that provides. So our hope is not in government. Our hope is not in our, in our boss or our, our career. Our hope is not, amen, in our 401Ks. Our hope is not in our stocks and our bonds. Our hope, amen, has got to be in Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, the certain word that we have. Amen. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He takes care of, my, come on, he takes care of my needs. I don't have everything I want. Who does? Who does? And once you get everything that you want, guess what? You're going to want more. We have a really messed up value system in America because uh, we, we live on much more than we actually need. You know, we have, we call it first world problems. We got first world problems. Like we're, we're complaining because they don't have our brand of toilet paper. Come on now, y'all. I got some of you because you're like, how did he know I was irritated? They didn't have my Charmin, you know. <laughs> they didn't have my Quilted Northern. What's the other ones? I don't even know. What? Angels. They didn't have my Angel Soft. I'm like, they didn't have my Members Mark, you know. <laughs> we, we got first world problem. We live on so much more than we actually need. And there's people in other countries that are waiting in line for hours just to get a bag of some food that, that they don't even know what it's going to be that they can take home and try to feed their family with. In this day, in this time, right now that we're living in. And we live on so much more than we actually need, but I'm here to tell you, I don't have to worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, amen? By my faith and the experience that I have with my certain word, I know my God is more than enough. He still supplies all my needs. He is my El Shaddai, which means the Lord God Almighty. He always looks out for me. He is my God. He is my provider. He knows where I am. He knows what I need. And I have a certain word today. And I can take God at his word. Amen. I can look at your neighbor and say, you can take God at his word. Amen. Isaiah 55, for, as the, the rain and the snow come down from heaven, they do still, and they do not return there without watering the earth, making it bare and sprout, 
Get get the concept that he's bringing out here and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. He's sustaining the whole earth. And this is what he follows that up with. So will my word be. I didn't preach this like this last night, did I? I didn't preach this just like this. This is almost a different message. No, it's not. So will my word be. He sets them up and says, look how I take care of the whole earth. It doesn't ever stop. You don't see rain going upside down or snow doesn't go back up to the head. It doesn't have. It always comes and does what it, he said. So will my word be which goeth forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. And I thought about this last night as I was going over the message in my mind. I thought, you know. The rain does fall everywhere. The snow does fall everywhere. And, you know, there is also the parable of the soil. So the only soil that's going to produce is the one that receives. There's rocks that they never produce any seeds or fruit or... That's hard ground. That's stony ground. Amen. There are some other places that they never produce any fruit. But guess what? The good soil does. The good soil, the ones, uh, the, the, the scripture talks about where the seed is planted and, and it's, they're open and they're receptive. That's you and I. We are the soil. Amen. And so as the, the rain falls and as the snow comes down, he said, so will my word be. Amen. And when the sower goes forth to sow, he sows it on all the ground, but only the good ground produces the fruit. So some of us, we've got to realize, I've got to receive the word. I've got to be good soil. My heart has got to be open because I've got a certain word, and I can receive that word today. His word is forever settled. Amen. The scripture tells me he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. The same as he was for my grandfather, the same as as he was for my parents, the same he will be for me and for my children. Amen. His word is the lamp for my feet. His word is the light for my path. His word is from everlasting to everlasting. The word of God is what formed the worlds. And the flood in Noah's day came by the word of God. The world as we know it is being held together by the word of God. When the end of the world has come, God will destroy this world by his word. Yes, I realize, I know I'm not an idiot. I mean, some of you, I I think you think I am. Uh, Some days I am. But today I'm not. We do live in an uncertain world. I, I'm, I am not blind to reality. We're living in a time where sin and evil continue to increase. But I want you to look at what the psalmist said in Psalm 107, beginning at verse 17. This kind of, uh, I would say, describes a lot of people today, fools, because of their rebellious way, because of their iniquities, were afflicted. As Dave Ramsey says, you can't fix stupid. Stupid hurts. There's a lot of people who have just done stupidly. <laughs> That's not even a word. Their soul abhorred all kinds of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then cried, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. This is the key. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction, from their destructions. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. That's why we sing. That's why, you know, I, I know, we don't have a choir, so, you know, we're not worried about that. But that's why we have to sing. 
Amen. That's why the, the devil doesn't want you to sing in church. He wants you to not sing at home, not sing in your car. Why? Because that's how we tell of his wonderful works. That's how we sing, amen, about how great and how good God is because we've got a certain word. And when he does things in our life, we've got to tell somebody about it. Amen. There's a, a few just minor little things that I want to point out as I close here. If you read Matthew chapter 8 and you start at the very beginning, you'll see a centurion who comes to Jesus. He comes to Jesus in Matthew chapter 8. And this centurion, uh, the scripture says when, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Man, I like that. That was easy, right? I'll come and heal him, no problem. The centurion stops him and says, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that follow, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. His servant is asking, uh, he's asking for healing for his servant. His servant is sick. He needs Jesus. Jesus says, I'll come. Man says, nope, nope, nope. You, you, don't, you don't even have to come. I understand how authority works, and I understand that you have authority. You have a certain word. There's a, a certain word, amen. I, I'm not sure the doctors have told me there's not a whole lot of hope for my servant, but I come to you and I know that you have the authority. Just You just speak the word. And he speaks the word. He says, go. And, and when the uh, centurion arrives, he finds out that the servant was healed the very hour, the very time when Jesus spoke the word. There's something powerful that happens, and we have missed, I think this is what we are missing as a body of Christ right now. We have, we've relegated it to, uh, you know, it's just, it's just online content, and, and that's good, and, and I'm not a, a knocking online content. We need that, okay? But it, it can't just be online content. There has to be a response, there has to be something in us has to respond. And, and so I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, even when I'm with my family, who my family is a great family, and we pray together and we worship together, but even sometimes when we're trying to respond in our home, it's a little different than responding in a worship service. And so I, I will just say this, I think it's good to hear the word and to have the word, but there's got to be a response to the word. And this man, he understood the authority. He said, no, you don't even have, I understand how this works. You just speak the word. I was reminded last night after I preached, I was reminded of when Jesus called Peter to be his disciple. It, it, was, it was Peter in the boat, right? And Peter's in the boat and, and he's fished all night and he's caught nothing. I don't know if that's common for most of you fishermen, but it's kind of depressing when you don't catch anything. It would be especially depressing if that was your living, if that was how you made a living. If you like, well, I didn't even, you know, I was out there all night, didn't catch anything. And Jesus walks up to him and he says, he says, you know, put the net, just cast the net on the other side. Just, just let down your net. Let it, let it be a great catch. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure Peter was like, I, is this guy fishing me? Because I don't know. And so 
I'm sure there was a moment of like Peter being fatigued, worn out. Anybody ever stayed up all night? Fatigued and worn out, a little irritated because now he's got to go home to his wife, no food, no money, <laughs> bad night. And here he's got this stranger telling him, let down your net. And he looks at him, and I don't know what all went on around that whole situation, but I do know what Peter says to him is, we fished all night, but at your word, at, at your word, you, you said, okay, so you said it, so we'll do it. I don't even think it made sense to Peter. I think Peter was a little bit irritated. How many of you lately, you've been, God, I know your word says this, but this seems so counterculture. This seems so weird. This, I just don't know about this. You know what? Nevertheless, at your word. Why? Because his word is certain. His word is sure. His word will never fail. And so you've got a certain word in an uncertain world. As I close today, I want to just remind you something. Fear is faith in the enemy. Fear is faith in the enemy. And if we have fear, the scripture says that fear is not of God. And that perfect love casts out all fear. Why? Because we've got a sure word. We have a certain word. We do not have to be afraid. We do not have to live with anxiety. Look, I, I said it last night and I'll say it again. I am not afraid if, if, and I'm not saying I'm sick. I'm not even anywhere close to being sick. I haven't been around anybody that I know that's sick. So don't miss, tw twist this around on me. But if COVID takes me out, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I'm not saying that I'm looking forward. I'm just saying I have nothing to be afraid of. That is, that's how the early Christians could live so radically different than everybody else in their culture because they weren't afraid of torture. They weren't afraid of death. I'm not saying you have to be stupid, and I'm not saying you have to be ignorant and go, you know, thumb your nose at the government. The Bible doesn't put, put out for that either. But I'm just saying we got a certain word there's nothing to be afraid of. We have a certain word, even though we live in an uncertain world, uncertain culture, uncertain times, and we, we're not sure what's going to happen next. We've got a certain word. We, we can hold on to this. I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be anxious. I can take God at his word. I can get a hold of his word in my life. If I've got his uh, spirit on the inside of me, I have the word made flesh living on the inside of me. It's supposed to guide me. It's supposed to help me. Amen. That's why some churches, they, they worry about if anybody's going to come back. I don't worry about if everybody's going to come back. I don't worry about that. I, I know that there's going to be uh, some people who may not come back. I, I realize that. But here's the deal. If you have the same Holy Ghost that I do, the same spirit that's guiding me is guiding you. And if you're talking to God, if you're communicating with God, if you're staying in relationship with God, He's going to let you know if something's right, if something's wrong. He's going to give you that word that you need every day. You can take God at His word and His principles can come alive in your life. So as you stand today, I want to just ask you a couple questions. I want you to think about this and I want, I want to just respond here in a moment. But what stronghold needs to come down in your life today? What stronghold needs to come down in your life? Strongholds exist because we've bought into a lie. We've bought into a, a, a misinformation. We've bought into a, a partial truth or, or, or a, 
a lie. We've, we've, we've bought into something. And many of you, you you're, you're fearing, and you're fearing, and you're worrying, and you're panic. It's, it's not rational spiritually. If you go with just what you feel in the natural and what you see in the natural, you, you will continue to fear. But you don't have to because you can pull that stronghold down with a certain word. The Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We, we've got to know some things in the day and age that we live in. It can't just be a, well, I hope, I think, maybe. No, we've got to know. The people that know their God, they'll be strong and do exploits. Now is the time. Today is the day. What stronghold has got to come down in your life? Pastor, how do I pull it down? I'm glad you asked. You have to do what Kendall's doing right now. You have to open up your mouth. You can't sit there and be quiet. You have to open up your mouth and say, God, I need you. You have to pull it down through prayer. You have to pull it down through the word. Amen. If you're going through something right now, can I tell you there is a word in here for you. If, you, if you're going through marriage trouble, there's a word in here for you. If you've got financial trouble, there's a word in here for you. Amen. If you're going through sickness or disease, there's a word in here for you. And I know that the doctors and the uh, experts and the lawyers and the politicians, and none of them can agree, and there's so much uncertainty, but I can tell you regarding your life, regarding your, your here and now and your future and your eternity, I can tell you you've got a certain word. You've got a certain word. Amen. So what you can do is begin to pull that stronghold down. It's not going to be, uh, it, it can be done today, and it can be done in a momentary uh, victory right now. But in order for it to, to last, you've got to have a made-up mind. Because how many of you have ever experienced victory in a service and then you walked away and within just a couple of days, you're facing the same fears again, you're facing the same panic again, same anxiety. Come on, let's be honest. How many of you have been there before? So I'm not trying to hype you up into emotionalism right now. I'm trying to help you. You've, I'm, I'm going to help you right now. You've got to have a made-up mind. If you want to keep victory, you've got to have a made-up mind. And the scripture even talks about coming daily with a renewing of our mind. Our mind only gets renewed through the word of God and through our time with God. You're showing them, Kendall. You're showing them. This is what, exactly what I want you to do here in about 30 seconds. Walk right up here. Lift up that hand. I know we're socially distanced. You can stay as far apart if you don't feel comfortable coming all the way to the front. You can just raise your hand and get as close as you can. But I would ask you, what lie of the enemy have you believed for too long? You need to pull it down today. If it's about you, if it's about your family, if it's about your health, about your finances, about your marriage, whatever it is, what sickness needs to be healed? Do you have sickness in your body? Is there sickness going on, amen, around you, something that's bothering you right now? What miracle do you need? Don't just settle for a momentary victory. Amen. Put your mask on. Walk up to this altar. Lift up your hands and just surrender to God and say, God, renew that certain word. Amen. Uh, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you. Some of you need to come and just allow the Holy Ghost to get stirred up in you again. Amen. Make a commitment today. If you haven't already made the commitment, repent of your sins and turn to God. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, the water's warm. It's ready today. We'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, and all your sins will be washed away, and God will fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. 
I challenge you today. I know we're socially distanced, and I know it might be awkward, but this is why we come back for in-person service so that you can respond. And so today, however you feel comfortable, we can stretch out all the way around here. We can even fill up about half of the sanctuary and make the whole place an altar. But I wonder if you just step out of where you are and respond today and say, God, I may be uncertain about a lot of things, but I am certain that you know what's best for me. I'm certain that you've got my life in your hands. Amen. Come on, just respond to him right now.
deepest pain through it all my heart will choose to sing your praise on my darkest day from my deepest pain through it all my heart will choose to sing your you reach over and pray with your family members that are with you today. Hallelujah. God, strengthen us today. Lord, we want to get closer to you. We want to hear your voice during this time. We want your power, your love, your peace, God. We've got a certain word. We need you, Jesus. Lord, more than ever before, we don't want to trust in anything else, but we want to trust in you. To depend upon you right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Come on. From my darkest day.
know that I am saved. Cause even in the fire to live is Christ, to die is gain. I know that you are good. How many of you know he's good? Amen. God.